Welcome to another episode of the From the Stands podcast. We're back, ready to recap uh, our picks from week one and head into the projections for week two. Surprisingly, boys, I would say uh, week one had some had some more storylines than I expected due to the fact that it didn't seem like we had a lot of high profile games. I think we were all kind of uh, our minds kind of changed just based on the, what happened with TCU in Colorado and a couple more upsets that we'll get to. But um, start off by uh, Jacob um joining us uh another rough weekend join the club you doing okay mentally physically emotionally i forgot all about it dude that's a good <laughs> mindset i'm just kidding it's been it was unexpected so it's, it was a rough day you know had a few extra drinks to kind of mellow out and here we are so on to the next week i guess we'll get to it welcome to the club clint what about you man you flushed that loss yet and ready to move on or are we still frustrated yeah, dude. I, uh, I've been through the five stages of grief, and uh, misery loves company. So after seeing Clemson lose, it, it kind of softened the blow. So yeah, I'm all right, man. I've, I've, I'm already back to optimism and thinking, okay, we, we can right the ship. Everything's going to be okay. So I can't wait to be uh, hurt again, and uh, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Right. Well, we don't have a, the easiest game from a few things I learned today, but we'll uh, <laughs> We'll uh, we'll move on. Let's let's recap uh, last week. If you guys were on, uh, heard the last episode, we were recording while the Florida State LSU game was going on, so we didn't really get to watch a lot of the tail end of it. We also obviously didn't get to talk about it. So, real quick, guys, I would say at halftime, man, I was excited. I was like, this feels like n- not that like North Carolina, South Carolina didn't feel like a big game because of us being fans. Not that TCU Colorado didn't feel like a big game, but this was like marquee matchup, top ten Sunday night, like. It felt like a big game. And at halftime, I was like, man, we're going to have a, a hell of an ending. And then Florida State kind of shut that door pretty quick. Clint, watching that game, obviously you've been big on Florida State um, throughout the previews and stuff like that. But but e- with that being said, did that still surprise you the way they came out of the second half and just absolutely shut that, that defense down? Or was it kind of like, you know what, this is what I've been preaching the whole time? I mean, a little bit of both. But I won't say I wasn't surprised, though, especially – like you said, the way they looked in the second half, that was to me, that was unexpected. Uh, but it kind of goes to show, uh, like, uh, what we were talking about with you know the transfer portal, we've been harping about it all, especially me, you know, all preseason. And then, um, you know, talk about these teams, some of these teams get really hurt by the transfer portal. And Florida State obviously is on the other side of that, that they were able to not just bring in guys, but uh, impact players and to see what they were able to do with these guys, uh, again. <laughs> I thought, especially with the first half, this was a tight game, what we all expected, especially after last year. And LSU, you know, everybody was pretty high on LSU, just about. Uh, even even so much as to say that they they were, again, going to be, you know, the, the West contender. And uh, I, I guess it, when you go to halftime, <clears throat> what makes, you know, really good teams, great teams, is halftime adjustments, and Florida State was able to do that. So uh, then coming back out and essentially shutting LSU down was – uh, impressive especially now we we kind of know now the fsu's for real we talked about this in the previews like this this game one is the litmus test and they they passed it with flying colors in my opinion so i am surprised but uh it's it's something that i, I was already high on so it was it was also to see you know i haven't been right about a lot so far this year but this was one of the things i did nail so <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i would say that uh the thing that surprised me the most, and real quick, and I'll get to you, Jacob, is that when I when I was talking about Johnny Wilson at one of the other episodes, and 
how, how big he is and him being a deep ball threat. His longest catch was only 22 yards. Other than that, man, he and I don't know if they were that's because they were just pl- pay, like playing him deep and respecting the fact that you know if he gets by him, it's going to be tough. But I was surprised by how open he was in in like underneath routes and crossing routes. He was just getting open all over the place. And look, six seven is big down the field, but six seven. 15, 20 yards away has got to look like a huge target for George okay. Travis just going across the middle. So that the way they used him in the game, I think was super smart, right? Like not saying they didn't take big shots, but using him over the middle as a big body to me, like at least early on, man, I was like, how are, how is this big guy just running free this whole time? So I thought that was an impressive game plan tactic, you know, whether that's like something they really emphasize or just that's the way the routes go. Um, I just thought that was a pretty good way to use him because in my head, I'm like, hey, just Send him, send him deep and throw it up and let him go make a play. So, um, what about you, Jacob? Obviously, a good week uh, for the ACC um, for the most part. So, did, did this Florida, to me, honestly, this second half surprised me. I didn't expect LSU to just kind of absolutely like shit the bed in the second half. But wh- how do you think about that? No, you, you led right into my point. Um, my major point for this game was I didn't know Mike Norvell was that guy. You know, coaching in Memphis, you know, everybody's that's an FS, FCS school. And, and I didn't think that he would be that kind of guy that can make that kind of adjustments. I didn't think it was a bad coach, but I didn't think against like a team like LSU that has Brian Kelly. Screw that up last pod. Um, you know, they <laughs> he really came out on after halftime and just told LSU no, essentially, you know, just shut him right down. Um, that, that was my biggest surprise. And Clint, I, I got to give you credit, man. You, you called this since day one. Um, you actually picked FSU and you nailed it. Um, I know you've been big on the transfer portal. I, my nickname for you is kind of Mr. Transfer Portal. And, uh, <laughs> I, I really think you, you nailed it. So, um, that, that was just my biggest surprise to the coach. I knew they had players and just this in Colorado, these two teams, when you think of transfer portal, it was the, these two teams, and both of them have nailed it so far. So this that was a big surprise for me. Well, I would say Oklahoma too for transfer portal, but I don't want to get JC too far up just yet. But I, I'm glad you brought up Mike Novell too, because that's kind of an important point to make, right? Like we talk this day and age, especially with the transfer portal, not to harp on it, but you're able to reload these teams so fast that if you don't do well for one or two years, somebody they're already looking for your replacement. Uh and they kind of hung in with Mike Norvell and gave him a few years to actually, you know, get good and settled, get his guys in there. Uh it's not like they were recruiting bad. I mean, they were still recruiting uh pretty well as well. So uh they they let him stay there. And in this day and age, it's kind of rare. Like if you're not performing quickly, you're usually out. And they hung in with him, and it, it's it's looking like it's paying off. It's, it, at least you know through game one of this year, uh, with a with a not just a, a big win with beating a, a, the fifth ranked team in the nation, but a dominating win. So, um, yeah, it's 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 cool to see that maybe some of these other schools will look at this, and be like, all right, maybe we should give our coaches more than just two years. Like, uh, it, it's yeah. So I, I think that that's a big step for them as far as just uh, confidence as well, because <clears throat> there's always the what ifs. So now they know, okay, like you said, Novell, he's, he's a real deal. He's got this team in the right spot. They got the players. The sky's the limit for this team now. So, Yeah. I think you got to let the coach at least get a full recruiting cycle in, right? Like mm-hmm. one, you got to give them the time to build the culture. And then depending on who's obviously things change with the transfer portal, but you got to be able to bring your guys in who you want 
what's going to fit schematically. So yeah, I think you got to give the guy three or four years, but this, this day and age is what have you done for me lately? And unfortunately mm-hmm. two, three years sometimes is too long. So moving on from that game, um, let's, let's move on to the, the big game Monday night or the only game Monday night. So the ninth ranked Tigers, the used to be ranked ninth ranked Tigers taking on the blue devils from Duke. Um, obviously Jacob, look, um, I got a few things to say that aren't that important and they're very selfish as a Carolina fan. But with that being said, man, the floor is all yours. <laughs> Great. This is exactly what I wanted to do to start this podcast. I'd love Welcome to talk about to this. Welcome to the game. club. <laughs> um, well, to start off with South Carolina, not just the Gamecocks, but just in general, it was just a big, big fat L for any South Carolina football team. If we have any podcast listeners that are not in South Carolina, they don't give a flying crap. But all these teams lost this weekend. Clemson, South Carolina, North Greenville, Wofford, Citadel, Coastal, South Carolina State, Presbyterian, and Erskine. I don't think there's any other colleges. In, nope, in there's South one. That one. <laughs> That's a six-ranked Furman Paladins. Who the Gamecocks have to play? Yeah, they're ranked sixth in the FCS. Sorry, we're going to get to that later, but <laughs> of course, that out. I'm now of course, there you go. The one team that won, so there you go. So just as a state, it was a terrible weekend, but for as the Clemson Tigers, I mean, you can read Davo's quotes about this game. It, it was just, he's been a coach for a long time, and he's he came out and said that this is one of the weirdest football games he's ever been a part of, just things just not happening in the right way. But before I even go down that path, I don't want to be this, you know, I, I want to say this. I'm not going to say that I was right about Duke, but I really want to give Duke credit here. They were genuinely a good football team. I hope that y'all too saw that. And yeah, I, mean, I hope the world saw that. I really think they did. I think that this coming out of this game, Riley Leonard is now like well known and he's probably going to be a first round draft pick. Um, so that's my main thing is just seeing how good Duke was. Um, I was not expecting the team around Riley Leonard to be that good. Like I think we were texting in the group chat and we noticed that team, that defense especially was flying around. Those corners are playing our wide receivers really physical, push them off the line. I mean, they just look like they wanted it more. Um, but I got some of these weird stats from this game. Um, first off, Clemson did not score or punt in the second half. That's just odd to <laughs> That's say. Crazy, bro. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Um, and Dava was 58 and 0 in games where Clemson had 200 passing yards and 200 rushing yards. And we had 209 passing yards and like 211 rushing yards or something like that. Uh, we had six possessions in the second half. Three of them were turnovers, fumbles, interceptions. Uh, two of them were turnover on downs, and one was a missed field goal. That's how we did not score or punt in the second half. Um, I love the fumble. That's a great step, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That's you just don't, that's the set you don't hear all the time. Uh, the two fumbles happened, and that this is the crushing blow. I mean, besides missing two field goals throughout a game, the crushing blow was both fumbles were on first and goal. One was from the Duke seven. It was a bad handoff between Cade and I think it was Shipley or maybe Moffa or whatever. But uh, the other one was first and goal at the one yard line, and Phil Moffa dropped. I mean, those are just crushing things. Uh, and another weird stat too, and I had to look into this a little bit deeper than just saying the stat. This is the first game without sacks 
any kind of sacks. Clemson had zero sacks. And we know how good this defense is, how good this defensive line is. And the Duke offensive lineup apparently is pretty good. And we, even when they had the breakdowns of protection, Riley Leonard still ran the ball very well on us. Um, he had eight carries for 98 yards and a touchdown, including that one really long one that, you know, went for like 40 yards and he just scampered all the way to the end. Which um, that should have been your one sack at least. That should have right. been a sack. Because you had, right. was it Barrett Carter back there, one of your best players? And I think, I don't know if Trotter was back there, but you had another good player. Like two of your best defenders were, were back there and had a hold of him. Yeah, and we had him down. Like we had two guys, like you're saying, almost around him, pulling him down. And he's that's just why he's going to be a big prospect because he's a big dude. I I think I texted y'all and said, I think he's like Josh Allen. He's got a big arm and he's a big dude and he likes to run the ball. I know these are college kids. You know, Josh Allen's much better now. But like four is just a prospect, man. This dude's kind of out there. Um, no, I th- I think that was I thought that was a very fair comparison. I've taken that and told other people the same thing. I'm like, hey, I, I could easily see that just his body type, the way he plays, because right. he's not he's not looking to run first. He's a, he's a thrower. He wants to throw the ball, and he can do that very well. But if things go south and things break down, very dangerous with his legs. Exactly. Um, but to go back on the stat about. Clemson having zero sacks. Uh, it was the first time since November 2nd of 2019 against Wofford of all teams. I had to really look into that because like, why, why we not Wofford only threw 10 passes that game. So we never had much of a chance to get back there and sack them. So we they're, not they're a triple option to, team or they have yeah. been for a while. Wofford. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. Then we beat them 59, 14. So that didn't make a difference. But right. again, I, I really have to look at this team Duke first of all, and say, this is just a really good team. Um, that was their first 21-point win over a top-10 team uh, since 1942 against Colgate. They won 34 nothing that game. Uh, so this Duke team is special. We knew that going in. I, if you listen to the ACC preview episode, I kind of tried to tell people, tried to warn these two and just all the <laughs> listeners. I mean, they had Mike Elko was coming back, but they also had 17 starters coming back. So, like, this team was there last year, won nine games last year. This team is primed and ready. Um, it, as far as Clemson goes, this was a scary way to lose a game. It's when I say scary, it's like there's not a lot of hope for the for the future. Kind of scary. Um, what we do really lack, and this is the one thing I had to kind of look at and say, is like we we just lack the the dynamic playmaker on offense. Cade is good. He's a solid kind of quarterback, but he's not a dynamic change the game like Trevor Lawrence was or Deshaun Watson. He's still young and this is still week one, so I don't want to overreact. But the only real weapon I feel like we have that really changes a game plan for another team is Will Shipley. I mean, Antonio Williams is good, but I mean, besides him, we just don't have that next guy in line that we can just throw the ball up to. I really want our tight end to become that. Jake Brennan's still, he's 6'7", but we never threw the ball to him, never gave him that opportunity. He had one reception. I think our average down the field passing uh, was like Averaged at 4.9 yards down the field. Like, that's wow. what the average came to. It's like we weren't even attempting to go down the field. And I don't know if that's because Garrett Riley's new offense isn't for that. Or I, I just know for, throughout the years, man, Clemson, we just, we love wide receiver screens and we still did a lot of them. And it just, it wasn't working. I mean, it worked enough to get 200 yards, but it wasn't working. And we just never really went down the field. I want to see a 25 yard down the field over the middle to your big ass tight end. I really want to see those. Yep. Give Antonio Williams a, a long post route and, and just let him get out the slot a little bit. Like he's our most dynamic guy. Like I didn't see any adjustments 
to that game plan. Now, like I said, we had a lot of weird things happen in this game, and I don't want to overreact to week one because there's a long, this is a long season. I mean, people said this about Notre Dame last year and LSU. I mean, LSU lost that first game, and they ended up winning nine games. Um, Notre Dame looked kind of bad at the beginning of the year, and they ended up winning nine games, I think, as well. Uh, so Clemson could easily do that again this year, but they've got to kind of kick things into gear. That was my soapbox speech. Go ahead. Uh, do you feel better? Does it? Whew. I didn't get as angry as I thought I was going to. But. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's been a couple of days. Probably, um, yeah. Yeah, like, okay. So first of all, I don't think Cade is uh, – he got a lot of heat after that game, at least on social media for what that's worth. Uh, I feel like he, he's not as – He's not that bad. Um, yeah, you want to see a little more down the field attack, and uh, is that his fault? I don't know. Is that the scheme? Uh, again, I don't know. But uh, this game, even though the score is twenty-eight-seven, this game was a lot closer. You mentioned the fumbles, and <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely not going to say this was fluky. I feel like Duke earned it. They, they, right. you know, we were talking about. You mentioned we were group chat, and the first things we noticed is how fast they looked on defense talking about Duke. Uh, so I'm not going to say this is fluky, but I can't imagine those mishaps are going to continue for the rest of the year for Clemson. Like you're not going to just continue to, at least I sure hope not. And again, I don't think you will fumbling on the goal line twice. I mean, that's devastating, especially when y'all were moving down the field, just fine. Uh, yeah, you had over 400 yards of offense. It sounds like, so it's like, I wouldn't get too upset at the fact that y'all couldn't score because y'all were going to score. It was a silly, those were silly fumbles. I don't see that continuing to happen. Um, what does worry me though is defensively, like you talked about, no sacks for Clemson, and if it's going to be dynamic quarterbacks that can run a throw the ball, it's going to give you a hard time. It's going to be a long year in the ACC for Clemson because that's what you're going to be playing. Uh, you know, you got Florida State, UNC, stuff like that. So, uh, <clears throat> that's more of a concern for me than the offense was. Again, the offense, yeah, let's clean it up a little bit. Uh, maybe they just need, uh, you know, another game or two to get really gelled together. But defensively, um, you gotta you gotta be able to make those stop. You gotta if 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 you're gonna have an issue where yeah, you don't have the superstar quarterback and you just have a pretty good one or a decent one, then you're going to have to lean on that defense a little bit more. So I would have liked to seen a little more of that, you know, Clemson, especially that, you know, the D-line and whatnot. But again, this wasn't as far off, in my opinion, as the score indicates. Y'all were there. Y'all were going to score. Uh, and you missed two field goals. I mean, that's, that's it's, a, it's a lot of mishaps that I, I don't think are going to carry over week to week, uh, especially the fumbling, you know, that close to to the end zone so um yeah it's a, it's a tough loss uh we we talked in the, the preview about not calling this quite a down year for clemson i might need to reevaluate it does seem like a little bit of a down year for a team that you know is was hoping to be back in the championship game but if if they can't really get together we've already seen obviously duke won this game we've seen what florida state looks like now unc looks like they now have a decent defense to go on top of that prolific uh, you know, passing game that they have. So, uh, hopefully, they can get this figured out. Again, we talked about <clears throat> good teams being great. Can you make the adjustments both in game, you know, halftime, or you know, throughout the season? Can you can you fix the things that are causing you issues? Make those adjustments, and you know, get better as the year goes on. This isn't over. Uh, y'all still have a, a great shot, obviously, to go to the you know 
ACC championship game and maybe even more if y'all can get it together. So if you have, uh, I'm not going to say I'm relishing and you know what you had to go through. I just, it's, it's nice to see we're not the only ones. Um, but yeah, man, it, it'll, it'll be all right. Yeah. I, and I'll kind of make a, a kind of a half serious point before I get to the real thing. I, <laughs> There was a part of me, selfishly, I'll admit that like watching you guys lose made me feel better because I was like, all right, when I come into work Monday, they'll hurt my feelings. You can't, you can't talk to me. You just can't say anything because I can't, we like same scenario, if not maybe worse, just based on who you played and the outcome. Now, for real, I don't think you need to overreact. You guys are fine. Yeah. Okay. They scored a last touchdown at the end. Even if they don't score that, you guys. You let's say you just make the two field goals. It's twenty one thirteen, and it's a one score game. Like it's not that crazy. And and to be honest, Duke seemed to like keep trying to let you guys in and win. Like even early on when when you they muffed the punt and Clemson got. I'm like, this is how they do it, man. They just get gift wrapped the football on the fifteen, and here we go. And again, that's me like selfish. A hurting Carolina fan just wanting to like wanting someone else to suffer besides us type thing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even know if it's scheme, but I did notice the playmaker thing. I think Antonio Williams is a good player. Um, I was about to text in the group chat at one point, where's Bo Collins at? As soon as I like was literally typing out, he makes a catch. You guys are missing those dynamic playmakers because the commentators kept saying, like, he Cade would complete a pass, They're like, oh, that's the best pass he made up night. I'm like, I saw him make two phenomenal NFL style passes on an out route on the sideline that were dropped by receivers that were phenomenal yeah. throws. <clears throat> he definitely needed to settle in early on. He was kind of overthrowing some guys and stuff like that. But um, so did Riley I'll, Leonard. He overthrew right. those guys to start now. Yeah. <clears throat> right. And, and so, you got to admit like Cade is, is kind of like a freshman quarterback. I mean, yes, he had the cha- AC championship and, and the bowl game, but like that was even, I mean, DJ had left by that point, but like, this is really his first year, like his full, full off season. And this is like his first game right. away. It was kind of wet. I think it was like misting or something. I think it was, it was just so kind of- humid or something, man. Yeah. You could see it wasn't raining. I almost yeah. thought it was raining at one point, but like, right. Just moist. Right. So moist. this is, this is my big point I want to bring up. So in, in our ACC preview, I kind of made an, an analogy saying that these, some of these transfer guys are walking right past Clemson. And Dabo's saying no, and they're going right next door, right? Now, this this is speculation because I don't know. I have not done a deep dive into these players. Uh, I think that 6'4", six, 6'5", six, however, that defensive back, he came from A&M. He's played there a few years. One of the other defensive backs, and he might have had some injury history, I don't know, but has played five years at Miami, and they had a couple other transfers. And these guys are solid, making open field tackles to some, some good players on y'all's team. And throughout that whole game, all I could think of was that episode when we talked about that. And again, speculation, I don't know the situations. I don't know where these guys are from regionally wise, but these guys were all, a lot of them are in the ACC. One came from AM. All I could think of was like, is this a byproduct of Dabo not being willing to, to dive into the portal? To me, if I'm a portal guy from Miami, which is a, tra- not recently, but a traditional like football school, right? Or from AM. It's hard to get into Duke. And if I want to play winning football, I'm going to Clemson over Duke, right? So like is is and again, I don't know this, but is his stubbornness like these are good ass players that now like I literally said the same thing. What's gonna happen is these players are gonna make an impact and they're gonna be the reason why Clemson loses games 
to a degree. And he's going to wish he picked up some of these players or allowed him into his program. And that's all I could think about this whole game. Again, speculation. I don't know the situation of each of these players. But, Jacob, as a Clemson fan, and you guys have had a couple transfers, I get it. But we all know his stance on it. Do you feel like that has now come to the forefront? Like, seeing these guys, seeing, and they're not all transfers. I get it. Duke's got some guys. But literally, that's all I could think of watching the game. I'm like, man, these, why would you not be at Clemson? Like, how are they not on his team as opposed to Duke of all teams? Yeah, you kind of broke up a little bit there, but you're saying why did they not choose Clemson over Duke? I, what I'm saying is, is like, is that a byproduct of Dabo not being willing to let people into his program because he doesn't really want to use the transfer portal? And now, like I said in the, in the ACC preview, what's going to happen is there's going to be guys that have been in the portal that wanted to go to your school and you say no gotcha. to. And now they're making an impact on other teams, and you're now losing to these teams. The fans are going to get upset. The boosters are going to get upset. The people that affect the program money wise are going to get upset. And, and like, and I, whether you heard me, I don't know, but I'll say it again. Like, that's, that was a lot of what I was thinking of during the game. I was like, man, these guys could have been here, could have been somewhere else. Like, I don't know if a Clemson fan, if you're there yet, I just want to get your take on that. If you're like, man, yeah. some of these guys should have been on our team. No, I mean, you, you you share a lot of the nation's like sentiment on this. A lot of people they don't have mixed feelings on Dabo. They they either love him or they hate him. Right. And the people that hate him are just gonna immediately any chance they get say, "Hey, you're doing it the wrong way. You're an old man. You're stuck in 2013. You don't know how to do this. You want to build it your own way." And all these look all these other teams doing it. This game was a prime example of that like you're saying with with the the cornerback from Duke and stuff like that so this right. this does not look good to Dabo obviously or, or for Dabo I personally think yes he struggles this team is going to struggle because they did not go out and get um Keon Coleman from Michigan State yes they didn't go and get Jakeem Bell from South Carolina I think when it comes to transfer portal if you don't get that top guy like the top free agents in a way you know, like that's where you're going to feel the heat. That's where it's going to hurt by not using the transfer portal. So getting, you know, like Colorado getting Colorado's a good team, obviously, because they're now ranked. But like they really just needed those top three or four guys. That's who you saw play really well. The rest of the 30, 40, 50 other ones, like they're good, obviously, but they're not Keon Cole. They're not these top end, you know, guys. I think Clemson would definitely benefit if they went and got Keon Coleman. That's the playmaker that they needed. So by that, yes. But far as this game, this game was going to be tight. Like I think if Clemson and Duke play five or ten games, five at Duke and five at Clemson, I I definitely think Clemson's going to win seven of them. This was just a perfect storm, and just shit went shit hit the fan for Clemson. And I mean, you can go look at the box score. You can be that person. We lead almost every stat of this box score except for the final score and we had right. seven more minutes of possession we had more yards more total yards a way more many first downs like only one penalty that's the weird thing only one penalty compared to seven for them like i really think clint you you kind of said this like I, it was just kind of a a fluke from clemson but it was like not a fluke from duke duke is going to be that good but they gave it their best shot almost yeah i <clears throat> yeah it, it was <laughs> like JC said, man, we talked about this, and not to, not to say that that was the only reason Clemson lost. Like 
you know, just not the transfer portal right. issue, or whatever. But th- this is exactly what we brought up, and it's now like like JC said, it, it, it okay. It this is like public now. This is in a national view. This is what it looks like when you don't use a transfer portal. And you don't have to just look at Clemson. Look at Florida State and what happened between last year and this year. They were already good last year, like Clemson, mm-hmm. but they hammered the transfer portal, got these ridiculous guys. Look what they just did to LSU. And they probably shouldn't have won last year against LSU. That was a little fluky. But they they destroyed, especially that second half, they destroyed right. LSU. And LSU is essentially the same team they were last year, uh, save a couple of their corners. But... Uh, so you can see, not just looking at Clemson, I don't want this to sound like we're just hammering on Dabo, but uh, yeah. you could look across, you mentioned Colorado. Colorado won one game last year, and even, even that does, it doesn't really paint the picture how bad they were. Mm-hmm. Now they're already ranked uh, because of what the transfer portal brought them. So uh, I hope for the sake of the program and Dabo's job that, Maybe somebody goes over. Like, Listen, we the, the landscape of college football is different now. We can't continue to do right. like we were ten years ago, five years ago. You, you have to be able to, to go into a transfer portal. Yes, you can still recruit, you can build that culture, but you have to have these guys. You got to bring them in because if we don't, like JC said, they're going to go next door and they're going to beat you in games that you shouldn't be losing. That's kind of what happened here. Right, but like I was telling, like Clint, I want to ask you this. Like I said, the transfer portal is top end players is the one you want to get. If Colorado didn't have Travis Hunter, didn't have Shador Sanders, they wouldn't have won that game against DCU. They only won by three. Like they're not going to win that game. Right? But the point is they do have them. No, I know, but I'm saying like because if they don't go there, they go somewhere else, right? Well, no, exactly. But like the other forty some guys they got, it doesn't make a whole bunch of difference. So like it's just Clemson. Clemson actually has one know. transfer <laughs> player on their squad, but like they need the top end guys. That, and that's, no, the, that, that's, that's the problem. That's, 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 that's where I disagree point. with you. This is where I disagree with you because you guys are getting, I saw a stat that was like, you guys had like what, 39 or 40, four and five star recruits compared to Dukes too. I don't think it's the top end guys you need. I mean, granted, it, anyone is going to benefit from a Keon Coleman or a big name guy. That, that's that's right. easy. A blanket across the, the country. You guys have top guys. Everyone needs depth. These, and look, I, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of these Duke guys that are here, I don't know how many transfers, but I know that the ones that are making a lot of tackles for Miami and A&M were two big transfers. I don't know if they were huge in the portal guys, but those guys are difference makers. Whether they're the biggest names or not, you need playmakers, you need depth, you need guys that can go out and make plays. I don't think Clemson needs to go score a five-star transfer to make it to make a splash. Yeah, that might look good for the fans, but if you guys would have went and got these two guys who people don't really know of that are making plays like that, that's big time. Obviously, yeah, a, a Keon Coleman is a splash, and these things are big names, and it's going to maybe quiet your boosters or your fans for a few weeks. But the guys that are actually going to last of the season. You got these guys that have, you got a, a guy that's played five years of college football, man. That, you can't replace that. Not in this day and age, man. You cannot replace experience from, from just being able to see things. Uh, from They've seen all the trends, they've seen all the things, especially the dude from Miami. He's seen every team in the ACC. Well, not every Multiple team, but definitely in the division, maybe six to eight times, depending on you know who they're playing every year. So I think that stuff is stuff you can't replace, and that I would want on my team if I was Dabo. Again, all speculation. Each person's different. I get it. I don't think the big name is the big thing for Dabo, but when you got one guy coming into the portal, and you got average teams adding even just five, six, whatever the case may be, we got guys from the portal. Nothing crazy, but we got guys that we needed. Guys that we needed at, de- like, hey, we need depth at O line. Let's pick a couple guys up. 
still not helping us, but we need a tight end. Let's go pick some guys up. We need whatever it may be. Let's go pick some guys up and get some depth. To me, you got to be at least willing to let them in. And then look, I'm not saying accept everybody. If they don't fit your culture, cool. But you can't tell me across the board, every guy that wants to transfer in is just like not a good fit for your program. I, I don't believe that. I would also disagree too about the Colorado statement just because <clears throat> I think every player they did bring in is better than what they replaced. Uh, well, yeah, Colorado. Yeah, maybe. They yeah, yeah. But that's also an exception because it's Dion and he's bringing his son. I know. And I know, he I know. Yeah. So like weird scenario. We were just, he, he brought it up, so I was just talking about it. But no, you're right. right. You're right. And, and it, it's going to sound like, yeah. I, yeah. You made the point as far as the, yeah, y'all know how I feel about it. It's just, it's going to become more evident. If the longer he goes, this will be my point. The longer he goes without using it, the, the more evident it's going to become and the farther y'all are going to fall behind. And I just, that's going to suck. Yeah. And that actually leads into my other point I, I did want to address is and this is week one. I want to see just like all these other teams, the transfer portal, just and Clemson and Telecom. I want to see multiple weeks of this to know, hey, Clemson really is in trouble here. Like you said, we outplayed Duke in a certain ways and just shit didn't work. I want to see multiple weeks of that nonsense from Clemson to say, hey, yeah, we're we're in big trouble here. But my other point is, DJ, over in Oregon State, I, there's a lot of people saying that uh, you know, he's having a lot of success over there. Again, that was against San Jose State. They won. Um, it, if DJ plays, that's what I say. I want to say more than one week of that over there. And I want to see Cade struggle for more than one week over here in Clemson. I don't think that DJ is better than Cade. I think they're about equal, but people are saying that, you know, the system over here at Clemson is what kept DJ down, including I think DJ's dad. He came after that Dabo and said, yeah, you got to learn how to use the transfer portal. You got to learn how to see what your program needs and stuff. And it's kind of like, well, I, I can agree with that, but I need to see more than one week to really agree that DJ was, you know, held back by our system. Well, let's be clear. All that. Yeah. Let's be clear. One, the transfer portal is not why you guys lost. I don't, I don't want to, you guys shot yourselves in the foot. That, that, that is what it is. I'm just saying it's going right. to come to the forefront. Second off, I saw his dad say that no one in the entire country that knows a single thing about college football thinks Oregon State's scheme is better than Clemson's. In any way, Clemson has won national championships in football. The scheme is fine. Whatever reason it didn't work. The turnover thing, I don't know what's going on because if you go back to even last year's game when we played you guys, you guys had two critical, not the interceptions that DJ threw. You guys had, I don't know who had the punt return, fumbled it. And then, a, no, no, it's a kick return. You guys did a little fake kick thing, fumbled it. Antonio Williams fumbled the punt at the end of the game. So that something else is going on there, whether it's just carelessness or whatever the players, that's a different story. But yeah, I think we need to, and look, I've been a, a critic of DJ for a long time since he's been at Clemson and a, more of a supporter of Cade. I think we need to pump the brakes on any of that deciding until we get further down the season and people actually play real comp. Let's, I mean, you guys have gotten a conference play already, but let's get a few games down the line and see who, look, you guys are not out of it. I don't, I don't see that at all. It's, it's way too early. And you guys still have a very talented roster and a very talented defense. That I don't think like you guys are yeah. going to win games. Like I, I'm, I'm right. not like overreacting in that way, but yeah, chill with the, like, yeah, DJ had a good game. Good for him. But like yeah. Oregon State. We can move on. I just wanted to address that. Well, I did watch the that a little bit of that Oregon State San Jose State game and <clears throat> DJ had like seven seconds each play, it seemed like, to throw the ball. Bro. He had so much time. Flat uh, footed, just standing there like yeah. 
in the like oh my, the pocket was huge. They went collapsing off. Uh, so yeah, take that for what it's worth. Um, one more thing before we do move on, I wanted to bring it up because I actually think I might disagree on y'all or with y'all on this. Um, so the the Cade slide on the fourth down, uh, where he goes in slides, he starts his slide short of the the first down marker, right? But then he takes that hit. So t- tell me what that was upsetting y'all because I didn't know what exactly was upsetting y'all. So I didn't know so, exactly what was happening. So this is what upset me is that <laughs> so where you start your slide is where they mark the ball, right? Yeah. That, that's where they mark it. That, okay. That's where you're down. That's where you're down, right? right? Where he starts his slide, he is still moving and we are still playing football. So no one else is just expected to stop playing. Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I've been right. I watched a lot of games last weekend and this weekend, and I've seen that slide. I think who did I say somebody somebody slid terribly, and they called it. They called it. I, I can't remember who it was. I, I mentioned the group chat anyway. Look, you slide and you get hit. Cool. If if you want to call targeting, whatever. I don't for the life of me understand how that. I've never seen it. That's a dead ball. It's a, it's a after the play. The dude is still moving, and you hit him. How is that a dead? Now look, it worked out great for Duke. Good for them. But like, mm-hmm. if you want to call targeting, call tar- It's not a dead ball play. It's not after the play. Just because where you're gonna mark the ball is where you're gonna mark it. That's fine. Good for you. But he is still moving. And honestly, it wasn't even a targeting to me. Whatever the case may be, he hit him as he's still sliding. Like, how is that a dead ball foul? Like, it's not. Yeah, because they were the play. They were debating two things, right? Targeting and a late hit or something. Right, so they called it a yeah. dead ball late hit, meaning, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. well, actually, no, it wasn't even a late hit. No, no, it's not even they late hit because late, because late hit Clemson has the ball. They called it a dead ball foul, like because initially weren't they discussing like late hit or targeting or something? I guess. both or something. Yeah. Okay. right. Because if if Cade's like scrambling to the right and he throws the ball and he like runs to the sideline, and it's a late hit. That's fifteen yards. It's Clemson's ball. It's a first down. Late right. hits like their ball. That's why. I t- I've I mean, never I guess, seen that before, and I don't understand it at all. Like, right? I think I, I go ahead, go ahead, Jacob. <laughs> well, no, me and JC kind of align with that, and I think what why they thought that, why they thought it was an after the play thing, even though it was like the play ended and the guy hit him. It, it, I understand that he's down where he starts to slide, and that is technically where when you're down, the play is over. But like. Instant replay started this nonsense because we are looking at every microsecond of a play. And whenever he went down, the replay shows, okay, that's that's where the play is over with. So by the rule, I, I get it. And even Dabo said, like, I get it. The call was made. It was right, whatever. But in the term in the terms of football, that that was a live play. He was not down. Whatever happened to like play to the whistle kind of deal. The whistle wasn't blown. Like we're, we're taking replay and micromanaging every little tiny second, every frame and trying to make it live. And that's just unfair to the defensive player for Duke. It's unfair to the call that was made because it should have been Clemson ball based on what they were discussing. Like it's just a whole thing. Clinton, you may think otherwise, but no, I I think I kind of agree with y'all more morally. I, I, I agree with y'all, but, I guess when I was reading the group chat, I thought, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. It seemed like y'all were just against the whole thing. I do think this was like, like Jesse, you were like, we never really seen it before. I think it's because usually you don't see this on a fourth down play in a quarterback running and sliding like that. 
usually it's just like in the middle of a drive and it didn't matter that it was already down or after the fact because be, yeah it, it just you know the, it, the, the it's just tacked on anyway yeah uh, and Davo said like uh Cade was wrong he should have like dove forward like it's fourth down you're right at that line you shouldn't have slid yeah. so yeah he he Dabo did the right, right thing and said all that okay but, yeah I, I pretty much agree with y'all yeah I see what I just, now the whole whistle thing it's like okay well uh, where do you draw the line like as far as him being down the play still going like right you, you have to at some point you have to have a hard line of like the play is over uh but again, is that like in a situation like that, the guy's still moving like you were talking about, JC? So I don't, I don't right. know. I, but I, I agree. Like morally, yeah, dude, that it was so weird that just watching that play out. Then y'all were going ham. And I was like, dude, uh, this is, this is fun to watch. It right seems here. like when you like, if you like work a job and like corporate makes some like rule <laughs> and you're like, you guys haven't done this job in 20 years, you don't understand what it's, it's like. Have you guys played football anytime? Like, you guys ever played football? Like, it, we're full speed ahead. Like, yeah. I, like whether you call late or not i'm like how is this it was just it, it's very strange and I, that actually kind of eases my mind a little bit clint when you say oh maybe it's because it's the fourth down you're probably right because the coach was like oh yeah that made sense i'm like really did it like they seem <laughs> yeah. to be on board with it so i mean obviously they know way more than i do but i was still like it just from what i know about football it just seems just very add it to the weird plays that happened in that game man it mm-hmm. was just one a game to forget honestly Right. All right, let's move on. All right, so we want to recap our picks from last week real quick. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um, No surprise. We already have a winner. It's not any of us three. But anyway, Jacob, real (laughs) quick, break down our records from last week against the spread. Um, Guys, these are going to be records we keep all season. At some point, we're going to figure out what last place is going to have to do. But anyway, so this is our picks against the spread that we made on the last episode. Jacob, hit us with the uh, records. Yeah, so we... Pick every top 25 game and there was like that have a spread and there was like three or four or whatever that didn't have a spread last week. Um, and there were a couple top 25 teams that played each other. So the games are not going to be 25 games. So for this week, there was a 19 total games that were counted in this spread. Um, Clint, you went eight and 11. Uh, I went 11 and eight and JC went nine and 10. So all right there, all nice and close. Uh, you would think I won that week, but nope. Mr. No, Clint's young son, seven years old, Gavin, won at 12 and seven. So take That's that a, as you will. <laughs> and I haven't told him that yet. He doesn't know he's won yet. So uh, I'll just let you know how I that goes. He, you need to go buy him a pack of football cards or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, dude, that, he needs to be on the pod, apparently. That's or hit, him up, hit up FanDuel and be like, you guys need like an expert better. We <laughs> yeah. got yeah. the guy. Exactly. Yeah, this is this is uh, uh mascots and colors. And it's a couple of the mascots I <laughs> yeah. explained what they were. And he was like, okay, I'll take them. <laughs> he, he did it. Uh hey, he picked Duke though. Awesome. I know that. Yeah, he he had Duke. He had a lot uh, obviously he did pretty good. Twelve man. and seven. Just, um but did you he had pick- Duke. You had Duke, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Me and Clint didn't even take Duke. But bro. he's taking mascots and no, colors though. Oh, I'll take a blue devil over a little orange tiger any day. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so yeah, uh, what we'll the uh, if if he continues to wax me, this might be a problem. You know, I have to go you down. did you <laughs> said yeah, you that was going to be the case, yeah, <laughs> bro, right? And twelve and seven is respectable. That for it anybody, is. that is ah, yeah. yeah. So you're winning, you're yeah. winning money. Yeah, 
Well, it's even now because I'm losing on my end. Yeah. Well, that's true. He needs his own account. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you should do. I'm holding him back. You need to. You need to just start putting parlays out on his picks and be like, "Hey, this is your college fund, dude. It's up to you. What college you go to?" Dude, I'm gonna stress this kid out. He's gonna start balding at the age of ten. Yeah, it's gonna be a problem. Uh, I'm hoping for a better week, obviously, but. Uh, that's funny oh man that's funny well let's get into it man let's get to a uh, week two let's get to the top 25 slate it, it's still kind of unfortunately still got some teams playing some not so great teams and some of these spreads are out of hand in some of these games we don't have spread so let's uh let's run down the slate let's go one through 25 there's some other games we'll talk about just because they're um of of somewhat importance um but they just not ranked in the top 25 so real quick georgia taking on ball state and that's at noon on saturday Georgia's forty three and a half point favorites. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Georgia and the points there. What do you got, Jacob? Well, let's just knock this out. I'd say Georgia. Forty three and a half. They'll they'll cover that. Yeah, I got Georgia as well. Cool. All right, we got Michigan, UNLV, that's three thirty. I'm actually gonna take uh I'm gonna take the points here. I think UNLV is a little more respectable than um ECU of last week. Thirty six points is still a lot. Week two. Um Still, still no hardball, which I don't think matters, but uh, I'll take you and Emily in the points. Yeah. Um, Michigan, I, I'd say that they're going to – Michigan and Ohio State both have some something to prove on offense. Um, I definitely think that they're going to try to cover that 36 half this week, so I'll take Michigan. So I think part of my issue last week was I took a lot of overs, and that kind of burned me. But I am nothing if not stubborn. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Michigan and uh, lay the points again. Uh, they scored like 50-something points several times last year. They'll do it again this year. I think this will be one of the games. And I think if they're in the 50s, they're, they're going to cover. Yeah. Nice. Offense is too talented. <laughs> All right, well, let's get right to it. The biggest game of the weekend, um, one of the more exciting games of last year early on. Game day is going to be there. Alabama is taking on Texas. That's going to be in Tuscaloosa, 7 p.m. ESPN. Um, Alabama, seven-point favorites. Clint, what's uh, your pick on that? Dude, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give you a pick, <laughs> but honestly, I, I, I don't know what to expect. I think Alabama looked a little bit better than I expected. Again, you know, they didn't really play much uh, of a team, but uh, the first week, I, I feel like they looked a little better than I anticipated. Um, <clears throat> I think Milrose is very good. I think they're going to be just fine defensively. I think they're great. Uh, so I think I'm going to take it's at seven, right? I think I'm going to take yep. Alabama, and I, I feel like they're <laughs> it's tough. I feel like they're a touchdown better, and um, if they hit right at that seven, it's a push anyway. So, um, they play in Tuscaloosa, <clears throat> and uh, I don't, I don't think Sam is done. He's he's got a lot. I think he's got a lot left. He he's got some more. He's he's got to say about the West and and who who the big dog still is. And now that LSU's kind of <laughs> kind of dropped the ball week one. Alabama's probably going to want to be like, okay, yeah, it's it's still us. So give me Alabama, lay the points. Well, this isn't an SEC game just yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but uh, this is going to be interesting for sure. I really honestly think all the pressure is on Texas. They have the established wide receivers. They have the established quarterback. I mean, Jalen Milrose probably established now after week one's game. Um, but all the pressure is on Texas. Uh, th- this is going to be a hard one to pick. And, and by the way, did you hear that uh, last year when Alabama came to Texas, they made their band sit up in the very top of their stadium? So 
Bama's doing the same to Texas. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so there's already bad like blood it. here, I guess. Um, but I really think all the pressure is on Texas to perform. Um, I'm gonna say balls, balls to the wall. Let's see. I, I'm gonna say Texas is gonna cover the. Um, is gonna win this game outright, honestly. Uh, because if they're ever gonna do it, if Texas is ever gonna be back. This is the time. They've got to prove it here. They've got the better quarterback, the guy that's been there, played multiple games. As long as he doesn't get hurt and Texas can can be competent, I, I definitely believe that they're they're going to win this game. So I'll, I'll take Texas. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually with you, Jacob. And I, I might be hanging my hat a lot on last year's game. But if you remember last year's Alabama team, they did have a quarterback who I believe went, what, number one overall, Bryce Young, or at least top five in the draft. That's not right. I think I think Quinn is the better quarterback. I think the fact that Saban said early on, like, and I mentioned it last week, that game one is not going to be the end of our quarterback competition. I think the quarterback competition is over. I think Milrow is the better player by far. But look, the good thing is he's at home, so he's got that going for him. But it's going to be hell of a matchup. And just basing off last year's game, which might might not be the right way to do it, and Texas, I think definitely should have won that game. You know, before Ewers got hurt, so. I'm with you, Jacob. I think, look, if Texas is going to do it, they're going to take advantage of this moment right now. And what better way to to welcome them to the SEC than to to beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa? So I'm taking the points. Um, and yeah, to be honest, if I was betting, I'll, I'll take I'll take Texas straight up. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I'll take the points, man. I, I can't wait for that game. So I'm excited. Um, move on to a. Another should be pretty easy one. Florida State, Southern Miss, 30 and a half point favorites. Based on how they came out last week, you beat a top five team by 20-something points. They're, they're going to cover their spread pretty easily. Yeah, uh, give me Florida State. You already know how I feel about them. And uh, yeah, 30, 30 and a half, uh, that's a lot of points. But uh, we already see they can score, and their defense is pretty good too. So uh, yeah, give me Florida State, lay the points. Well, I mean, y'all pick Florida State. So I, I do think 30 and a half is a lot of points. Um, I'm just going to take Southern Miss to cover that. So, all righty. So, I, I ran into a couple of Ohio State fans up in Charlotte, and they were they're pretty mad at their performance. Um, I, we talked about it a little bit. Obviously, disappointing mm-hmm. from Ohio State fans. So, I think they got something to prove. There's no line, but Ohio State's going to win that game pretty easily. You mean the Penguins aren't going to beat them? I wish, man. I wish every they play them a lot. I wish they. I wish they. Dude, did. I remember playing college football back when it was legal. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> And dude, I, I would pick. I'd just play with the Youngtown State just because of the freaking Penguins every now and again, you know. So you and I you wish, and Gavin, but you and Gavin would get along. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, dude. Uh, but yeah, Ohio State's got this. Yeah, go Buckeyes. Easy. Don't say Whoa. that. That's weird, bro. I don't like O-H? that at all. <laughs> Io. <laughs> <laughs> all right, USC Stanford. USC's twenty nine and a half point favorites. I'm taking USC in the points, man. Their offense is too good right now. And Stanford just—it ain't it, man. Dude, I—I <laughs> I actually looked at this. I was like, dude, I might take Stanford. And I was like, what? What am I doing? Like, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, USC is going to score a ton of points. Now, Stanford, I don't think is absolutely—they're not good, but they're not like dog shit. If that right. makes sense, like they're going to field a team that's going to, you know, at least have bodies in the way. But that's not going to be enough. That's I don't think it's, it. Uh, give me USC. I like the self-assessment. That you showed there, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a very mature, yeah. encouraging, uplifting thing. Well, after week one, I needed some, you know, reevaluation <laughs> myself. I I will take Stanford. Actually, that's twenty nine and a half points. That's a lot. I know this US, USC offense is crazy good, but 
that that defense I need to see them prove it to me before I can give them that much leeway so I screw it a new ACC team soon so let's go Stanford that's that's one way to look at it Penn State Delaware there's no line Penn State is going to roll yeah Penn State yeah and, uh, let's see if um, I, I feel like this might be a good chance to get that offense rolling a little bit more too I think that that's one thing they felt like they left on the table a little bit but um, yeah let's, let's see how they do this week they did cover last week though <clears throat> they did cover yeah at the very barely, end hey, barely, but they covered. Yeah, they I don't did, know why I'm happy did. because it was in my parlay, but we already talked about that, so we'll move yeah, on. Yeah. Um, so we got, well, Jacob, you started out. We got Washington playing Tulsa, 34 and a half point favorites. That's 5 p.m. on Saturday. They covering or not? I Yes, I think Washington did not uh, did not cover last week, right? I'm trying to remember. So. I, yeah, they did not cover last week. So no, I'm, yo, I'm no, no. S- they played Boise State. They did. Wait, they were fourteen point favorites. Yeah, they covered. Yeah, they covered. Okay, they covered. yeah. Penix went off. I remember he went off, but I I didn't remember if, if they covered or not. Um, but you know what? Five p.m. That's a weird time. But uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take uh Washington to cover those. I I think that Penix Jr. If you had no, is, is my Heisman. I know we hadn't really said anything about Heisman, but he's my Heisman pick right now. Well, we inferred it by the way you've been talking about him. We just yeah, bro. You every time I bring him up, you keep backing down, and and now here we are again. Yeah. Like, come Back on. Yeah, I keep talking this. about you and your tattoo, and you're like, no, don't say that. And then like here we are. <laughs> I just think it's funny that y'all think I'm just like all over this dude. I just think he's really good, man. I, I think you, you got him as your, you your Heisman pick, and you still didn't talk about Shador Sanders, Travis Hunter, your boy Riley Leonard. Drake May, like we haven't even <laughs> got to your list yet. <laughs> I know Riley's I number two on your list, though. Uh, <laughs> probably yep. not. Uh, put up the stats. Crazy. No, no, he's not crazy. What do you got? What do you got, Clint? I think I'm gonna take Tulsa on this one because I can't just continue to take uh, you know the favorites and the point I mean, lay the points every single game. So this is one of the ones I'm gonna. I'm going to take the, the underdog to cover. Um, Tulsa doesn't have a terrible team. They, they, they can score a little bit. I think the quarterback threw three touchdowns last week. So uh, I'll, I'll take uh, Tulsa later. Oh, no, I'll take the 34 and a half points. <laughs> Washington rolls. I, I got yeah. them covering. I got them covering. Tennessee, Austin P. however you say that, there's no line. So Tennessee's going to win. We already know that. Easy money. Yeah. Tennessee. Go balls. All right. So. Interesting game coming up. Um, number ten, Notre Dame playing at NC State. Uh, the line seven and a half, Notre Dame. I know they haven't played the best teams this year. Um, and second game of the year, offense came out a little slow. With that being said, I, I still think this team is too good. I think the offensive line is too good. I think they're going to push NC State around. Which <clears throat> honestly, I don't even know why I'm saying that because all these North Carolina teams that apparently only play basketball have been absolutely dominating these lines from the SEC and, and the other powerhouses of the ACC. But with that being said, I think Notre Dame does cover. Um, I don't think it's by a lot. I think maybe 10, but I think they're going to cover the 7.5. I think Sam Hartman is like, hey guys, I'm for real. We got a good team. Um, and so I think they deserve to be ranked top 10, if not higher. So, yep, I'll give me Notre Dame. Yeah, my I almost exactly what I was going to say, man. The 7.5 does feel just a tick low. Um uh, let's not forget too. Sam Hartman has played NC State several times. Um, you know he transferred into Notre Dame from the ACC, so he's right. he's very familiar with that team. Uh, now I will say I think I saw something that he's thrown 
six interceptions in in the total three games he's played against NC State. So that's interesting. But uh, I wouldn't expect that to happen again. We've seen what he looks like the first two weeks. Yeah, like you said, they ain't playing nobody. But they they, they did what you're supposed to do when you're playing nobodies, and they absolutely destroyed their opponents. They, again, haven't let up a touchdown yet. It's not just going to be that offense. Defense looks pretty good, too. So, uh, yeah, give me Notre Dame late points. Yeah, that line is kind of odd. Um, only seven and a half. I I don't know if they're you know thinking that it's at NC State that's a problem because like you said, Notre Dame has been absolutely dominant. Um, and North Carolina State last week beat UConn at UConn twenty four fourteen, so it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, so I don't know where they're getting that line from. So this may be the easiest money ever. So I'll take Notre Dame to cover that. Nice. All right, next we got number 12, Utah at the Baylor Bears. That's a noon kickoff on Saturday. Utah's favored by seven and a half. Do we have an update on Cam Rising or uh, Brent Keithy, anybody? Last I saw, it is another one of those uh, weeks where it's going to be a last-second decision type thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or at least last-second announced. I don't, they may have already decided, but they haven't said anything yet. Right, right. All right, well, what do you, what do you think, Clint? With or without Cam Rising... Uh, does it matter? It looks like their backups are very capable. Um, yeah, Baylor had a, had a pretty let down week last week with the upset. Um, they endured. So uh, they also, Baylor, given up 40, 441 yards to Texas State last week. So uh, I don't think Utah is going to have um, too much trouble scoring. And uh, their defense is going to be able to hold up. So at seven and a half, I, I feel like Utah's at least 10 points better at this point. So give me Utah. Ditto. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. Utah, I, I was genuinely surprised with that coach. Um, just it, He's that kind of guy that they don't really lose these weird games. The, the team's so well coached. So, yeah, Utah, and they're going to cut them. Yeah, Clint, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I don't care if it's Cam Rising or Bryson Barnes or the third string Nate Johnson because they all prove mm-hmm. they can play. So yep. I think Utah covers easily in this game. Moving on, we got Oregon at Texas Tech. I don't know if Oregon's got a new mascot, but they're going to need one because there's no shot that his arms are ready to go <laughs> by this Saturday. So they're only six and a half point favorites. They're at Texas Tech. Um, they're not going to score 81, but I still think they're going to cover the six and a half points. So Texas Tech's a good team, don't get me wrong, but right now I think Oregon's rolling. Their offense is clicking. So uh, give me the, duck, the Ducks at Texas Tech. <laughs> You want it, Clint? All right. No, I'll go take ahead. I'm- yeah. No, I uh, I agree that line is kind of tight, a little tighter than I thought it'd be at six and a half. I, I think it is because they're Texas Tech can score. Uh, so they may be able to keep up with Oregon a little bit. Texas Tech's coming off of a, uh, I think they came off of a pretty ugly upset. Um, That's what I'm trying to find. Well. That's why I wanted you to go. Yeah. Yeah. I forget. Uh, Wyoming. I think they played Wyoming. They lost. Um, That's right. So they, they mm-hmm. might be coming out pretty hungry, ready to score a lot of points. But after what I saw from Bo Nix and company from, uh, you know, at Oregon, I, I don't think it's going to matter. I think they're going to be able to score enough to cover that you know, six and a half, be a touchdown better. So, um, yeah, give me Oregon. Yeah. Uh, they, they lost to uh, Wyoming in two overtimes last week. Texas Tech did. Um, that was at Wyoming. Um, Tyler Shaw, their quarterback, still threw 338 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, so that could just be a first week kind of fluke in a way because we thought Texas Tech was going to be pretty good. That's mm. kind of one of the dark horses of the Big 12 this year. Um, but I I mean, I'm kind of high on Oregon this year, man. I mean, I, I think that was my second on the Heisman list was Bo Nix, honestly, um, after that 81 smacking that they put on. So 
I, I think Oregon's trying their best to be as real as they can this year. Um, this is on Fox. It's uh, 7 p.m., so this is going to be kind of a primetime game. Um, but six and a half is uh, something that I'm sorry, Texas Tech, you're not going to you're not going to get close to that. So Oregon's going to cover. Number 14th ranked LSU. They're taking on Grambling State. That's going to that's going to be LSU probably across the board, I'd imagine. What coach is winning? That would be Mr. Brian Kelly. Is uh, Nick Saban still coaching oh, LSU? Or? Oh, no, no, no. Jesus. That's, <laughs> that's way back. <laughs> way, way back. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Kansas State, Troy. Kansas State, 16 and a half point favorites. The over-under is sitting at 51. That's a noon kickoff. Um, Jacob, what do you think on that one? Troy's been good over you know the past couple of years. I mean, I, I know like watching Coastal play a little bit, seeing they had Troy on the schedule, you'd be like, okay, wow, I got a decent opponent this week. Um, but Kansas State's been sneakily good over the past couple of years. I mean, winning the Big 12 and stuff. So um, 16 and a half is a decent amount, but they got them at home. So I would, I, I would say Kansas State will cover. This one I'm close on. This one I want to take Troy. Troy's a good team. Uh, kind of, you know, you mentioned all the points there, Jacob. Um, <clears throat> Troy does have Missouri next week, and not Troy. Kansas State does have Missouri next week, um, <clears throat> so I, I do think they're looking forward to that game a little bit as well. But I, I, I don't see them overlooking Troy. This is a tough line for me, but I think I am going to take Kansas State over Troy uh, and lay the points. <clears throat> yeah, Troy's had some good offenses in the past, kind of like to run an air raid, but I, it's going to mm-hmm. be hard to pick against Kansas State. I said they got enough guys coming back that they'll they'll cover that. Um, no line here. Oregon State taking on UC Davis. You guys picking against Oregon State? Negative. Nah. DJ, you all the so. way. The greatest hey, quarterback. Apparently. All right. <laughs> all right. Clemson's so. missing them. <laughs> They are too soon. A little salt in the wound there, but I yeah, like it. North Carolina, um, probably the best team in North or South Carolina right now. Duke might have something to say about that. They're taking on App State. That's a home game for the Tar Heels. The line's 18 and a half at North Carolina. App State's um decent team. They always have a good team. Man, that's a tough one, to be honest. The over-under is 58 and a half. Oh, man. It, honestly, it's a toss-up, but I don't see how this UNC offense doesn't, especially the way they ran the ball last week against South Carolina. I think they're going to handle business. I think 18 and a half is not out of the uh, realm of possibility there. Jacob, you differ on that in any way? No. I mean, right off the rip, I would say North Carolina would cover this. I know App State isn't as good as they have been in, in past years, but do y'all know anything? They, App State wasn't a part of any of our um, previews or anything, so I don't know a whole lot That's about correct. App State. I know they had you know, I don't know who their their quarterback is. Do y'all? No, you guys. It was Chase Bryce a year ago. Um, he right. he led that upset over A and M early on, but I'm not sure who it's going to be this year. That's what I was about to say. I, I feel like they they don't want anybody to know who they are until they upset you know some big team every single year. So yeah, that's <laughs> true. Um, they they beat Gardner Webb last year or last week, forty five twenty four. Uh, Matthew, no, that's hold on, Joey Aguilar. I feel like I recognize that name. Yeah. But regardless, I, I would say North Carolina. I think they're, after beating y'all, getting off to that decently hot start, I guess they want to prove and make that next step because they're looking good for the ACC right now. The Clemson are taking that loss. So I say North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, kind of a tough one, but um, 
I do think it's not just UNC's offense that's going to be something to talk about this year. Their, their defense looked pretty good against South Carolina. I know <clears throat> maybe South Carolina doesn't have the best offense out there, but do or uh, North Carolina's definitely improved on, especially the defensive line. So <clears throat> I think they're they're going to be able to hold this team down uh, as far as points. And Drake May is not going to throw two interceptions this game again. So uh, give me UNC to cover. I like it. I like the pick. Next up, we got a future SEC ACC matchup. Oklahoma Sooners hosting SMU. That's a 6 p.m. kickoff on ESPN Plus. Oklahoma 16 and a half point favorites. Chill out, guys. Listen. No, I'm laughing. That that's actually crazy to say. This is a future SEC right. versus ACC. I'm and more guess impressed what? by that. I'm that's going wild. SEC right now, and Oklahoma's going to cover. <laughs> 16 and a half points, huh? Yep. Yeah. They put 17 Arkansas State, so. I want you to keep yeah. that same energy you had in the preview. I, I do want have you the same energy all year. I don't care if you got to eat the losses. I want you to keep that same energy no, all the, year. The energy is still the same. SMU is going to score. So when they don't put a zero on the board, you guys can realize they're. Look, I'm. I have the same energy. Oklahoma is going to prove no. me right. Just give it uh, okay. time. All right. It's not SMU. <laughs> is not it. SMU. Look, when they start playing all oh, teams, agree. don't get me wrong. Here we go. Don't, don't don't pick them to cover though. They're going to cover. Okay. Look, I might be stupid, but I'm not an idiot. They're gonna okay. cover. <laughs> right. South Carolina fan for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What so are they are they not gonna cover? I got uh no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oklahoma. Dude, they're gonna score so many points. It's ridiculous. I, no, I've just been chill out. on Oklahoma. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well they're not gonna chill them. They're not gonna score that many points. They're gonna cover though. Okay, how many points are they scoring? Not seventy three. <laughs> no, okay. Over over forty five? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that probably we are then. I mean this this what's the over under on this game? Sixty eight and a half. Sixty eight and a half. Okay, yeah, that makes sense because SMU scored thirty eight in Louisiana Tech last week. It's gonna be like uh, fifty two to twenty or something. Yeah, it's gonna be up there. Uh, it's actually gonna be a. It's not gonna be close necessarily, but it's a weird line to try to pick. I would still say Oklahoma. Uh, I'm not gonna change from last week and say that they're suddenly not out to prove. They were out to prove last week and they're out to prove this week. So something I to watch too that. Sorry, why are why are they out to prove you? I mean, just they had a terrible year last year. They want to fucking have a chance to make the playoff again. I appreciate it. Finally, about time you damn realize what I've been trying to say for the last month. No, dude, we're not ranking this year off of last year. That's that's not how this works. Yeah, that's that's awful. Yeah, we're not ranking last year off this year either. So. Okay. I don't even know if that made sense. <laughs> it didn't. I just had to say the opposite. I'm not trying to talk about Oklahoma tonight, okay? I'm not. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But hey, I will hey, say. Quick, sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, Oklahoma, listen. Let, let, something to watch, too, is that, is that defense. We talked about Brent Fittables. I know we joke about it a lot. But is it actually going to be better? Does something to watch for maybe a good game to turn into. So, I will say they will have a point score on this week compared to last week. SMU's Correct. offense is too good, so yeah. I'm interested well, to see that defense as well. Oh, guys, I just can't wait the middle of the year. <laughs> I just can't wait. All right, Wisconsin at Washington State. Um, Wisconsin didn't really impress me that much last week. Um, I don't know. I'm going to take Washington State in the points, six and a half. I think it's going to be just one of those like weird games that Washington State's going to cover the points. I mean, it could be Washington State. I mean, at Washington State, it's kind of a a tough place to play. I mean, I know – isn't that the school that's had, like, the record for most times that, like, their flag's been flown at college game day or something like that? That, something yeah, that is correct. Yeah, it's I feel a like crazy it, number. Yeah. 
which is awesome. Um, that, that's weird. Six and a half is not a lot. I don't know. I know Washington State's offense normally their their quarterback still went for 500, 600 yards a game. Um, I, Wisconsin is, is almost in the same boat as uh, Oklahoma with that new coach, Luke Fickle. They want to prove, hey, we have an offense now. Uh, so I'm going I'm to say Wisconsin six and a half is not a whole bunch. I'm going to say they cover. This one's tough for me too. Well, I won't deliver. Uh, I won't talk too much about it, but I do think with that running game they have with uh, Braylon Allen and Chesman Lucy, they're going to have the ball so much this game that uh, Washington State just not going to be able to attack as much as they want. <clears throat> like you mentioned, with them having a pretty good uh, passing attack, so uh, I'll take Wisconsin. I'll trust what they're trying to do there. They're trying to get a little more pass offense on uh, their side, and uh, but they're still relying on that. that Really good run game, so uh, I'll, I'll take Wisconsin. Yeah, it's it's still kind of it, to me. It's like grammar. It's at Florida, a spread offense at Wisconsin. Just it's gonna if it's gonna work ever, mm-hmm. it's gonna have to take some time. So yeah, moving on. Ole Miss is at number twenty four, Tulane. Ole Miss coming in ranked number twentieth. Ole Miss a seven point favorites. It's a even sixty six over under. Jacob taking Ole Miss. You taking the points. Dude, this is at Tulane. This is the only other ranked matchup this week besides Bama, Texas. Um, yep. At Tulane. Again, Tulane's just not a team we've seen a lot of. I know they're good. That quarterback's good. Um, this is really a prove-it game for Lane Kiffin and, and Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart played pretty well last week, but I feel like that quarterback battle, like, Dart's the guy, but they got Spencer Sanders there. So, like, if he – this could be a game where he plays a bad quarter or two, and then you suddenly see Spencer Sanders go in there. So, um, this could go bad for Ole Miss over in Tulane because I don't know what kind of defense they got, but obviously they're pretty decent. So, I actually I would say that uh, Tulane's going to cover this. Um, it's going to be a nice, tight, close game. So, yeah, Tulane. Yeah, I think this might be. Like you mentioned, something Ole Miss, they, they better be careful. And we may need to put a little more respect on Tulane's name. Uh, like you mentioned, they do have a pretty good defense, and their their QB, Michael Pratt, is pretty good. So uh, I, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up though, quite with what Ole Miss is doing and what they have done for years, which is score a ton of points. So if you're if you're seven is the, the number, then I, I definitely think Ole Miss can, can outscore Tulane by seven points. So give me Ole Miss. Yeah, I agree. The, the way the over-under is sitting, looking like, they're expecting both teams to score in the 30s, if not Ole Miss, maybe upper 40s. I, I'm with Clint on this one. I think I know Tulane come, came in ranked. Um, they did win last week, but look, whether Ole Miss's is, is defense is is credible or not, like Clint said, man, if there's one thing they've done, at least under Lane Kiffin, it is score a crazy amount of points. So I just think at some point they're just not going to be able to be kept up with from Tulane's standard. So give me Ole Miss. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to be any type of blowout, but I think they're definitely going to cover the seven points. Next game, the newly ranked 21 team in the country, the Duke Blue Devils taking on Lafayette. There's no spread there, I think. At least for me, that's pretty easy, man. Duke's going Duke's gonna to win that one. Yeah, Duke should win by 100 after what they just shown, So That's right. That's right. So you got Jacob pulling Lafayette? You got a Lafayette <laughs> hat or what? Louisiana Lafayette, that is. I'm just looking at you. That's the Raging no. Cages, baby. Hey, there you go. Duke's a couple cages. that one. Couple cages roll into a North Carolina. You never know what too. happens. Yeah. yeah, that that can be closer than we think. But yeah, Duke's gonna win that one. All right, guys. Clint, tell me how you feel about this one, man. I, I got a pretty strong opinion, which I don't see why 
more people don't feel the same way. Maybe people do, but number 22 ranked, newly ranked Colorado taking on Nebraska at home. That's a 12 p.m. Fox game. I think Fox is like big noon kickoff. Their game day thing I think is going to be there. I'm almost positive. Colorado's mm-hmm. two and a half point favorites over under sitting at 59 and a half. Yeah, I think we all know the storyline. We know we know about Colorado now. They are for real. We we can stop talking about, you know, is this all fluke? It's not. They they are real. Um and they're going against a Nebraska team that offensively has some work to do. Um we we know how we feel about the OC. Um <clears throat> they're they're got a new head coach. They're, they're trying to get things figured out. Uh I, I like Colorado. We talked about their playmakers. Shadir Sanders looked like he, he's been doing this for years and been playing big boy ball like it's not a problem. Uh, I like Colorado a lot, a lot here, especially with Nebraska's issues with their defense. I will say, though, if, you, if you're looking for a weakness in Colorado, and this was something I meant to bring up, too, when they were playing TCU, uh, TCU was able to run it up the middle on Colorado, maybe just a size difference or something. Uh, so if Nebraska paid attention at all, maybe that's something they utilize and they're able to run it up the gut against Colorado and, you know, maintain uh, time possession and score some points that way. But uh, as I see it, uh, Colorado has plenty to work with. And at two and a half points, I, you know, I, I think that's it's essentially a pick em game. And I got Colorado anyway. So give me uh, give me Colorado later the two and a half. Yeah, I'll say my pick is going to be Colorado, just two and a half points. I would I would take that. Um, but this is going to be interesting because uh, they got to play a Big 12 team, and now they're playing a Big 10 team. Um, there is differences, even if it is Nebraska. Um, much of, probably, like Clint, you, you were saying, there's probably bigger boys on that defense uh, for Nebraska. So Matt Rule's squad, this is going to be a test for him, and he needs to have some success. But um, I, I definitely think Colorado will cover that two and a half. Real quick question for you, boys. <clears throat> How good are the Minnesota Gophers? Well, they were good, what, three years ago? P.J. Fleck? Right. right. Are low? they better? How much better are they than Colorado? Again, it's been one week. And the common so, in Nebraska. Minnesota's not that good. That, okay, so this is my thing. And Look, I know you guys are going to get on me. It's the whole Satterfield thing. That, that is a part of it. <laughs> but, in, but in all seriousness, Nebraska scored seven points on Minnesota. That was a trick play, throw it to the wide receiver, throw it down the field, and the, it almost didn't even work. That's the only points it scored. On Minnesota, I get it. It's week one. Look, man, this Nebraska team is just not very good. To me, the two and a half is almost disrespectful. Colorado might not have that good of a defense. I, if Colorado is going to win by two touchdowns at least. No one's keeping up with Travis Hunter. Shador Sanders can absolutely sling the ball down the field. Even even if this Colorado team would have lost to TCU last week and Colorado would have scored 30 points, I think I would have felt the same way just from the atrocity that Nebraska's offense is. Like to me, this is like the easiest pick of the weekend. And look, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But this like confidence, 10 out of 10, like hammer the points all day. Do you gotta put we, real money on it? Oh, oh yes. If I'll, I'm gonna call Ian, be like, yo, out of all, please just drive the Virginia for me. <laughs> let me put let me yeah. put a little bit of money on the spread. I, and can we take a second to just appreciate how wild this is that you know Colorado what they were last year obviously the with the offseason they have they had right. beating TCU week 1 another favorite against Nebraska that 
this Crazy. is wild. And I think it's sometimes, you know, obviously everybody's talking about, it, but you, sometimes you forget to step back and look like, this is crazy. Like, what's going on? On top of everything else in college football with the realignment, stuff like that, transfer portal, whatever. Uh, it's just one of those storylines. Just like, we're going to look back and be like, this was this is actually insane what they did over there. So, uh, right, yeah, outside what, of that. Yeah. I didn't want to, yeah, I wanted to preface it with like, I'm not just like, oh, all aboard the fucking hype train. It's like, if you watch the two games, yeah, one team can score points. One team cannot. Yeah. Defense aside, Colorado is going to score way more points. Two yeah. touchdowns. At least two touchdowns. Actually, two touchdowns and two extra points. 14. <laughs> Simple as that. I'm glad you yeah. clarified that with the extra points. I will, I will even 12. say that Colorado is not the greatest. They haven't been the greatest team, obviously, before. Don't Sanders tell Dion that. Well, no, before they got there, they were only, only won one game last year. But Colorado beat Nebraska, has beaten Nebraska the past two times. Beat them in 2018 by four and beat them in 2019 by three in overtime. So that's that's even before Sanders got there. So shit. If you can make a bet that this game will not go into overtime, do it. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> moving sure on to something. probably one of the, the tougher spreads that I could see. Number th- 23, Texas A&M at mm-hmm. Miami. It's four and a half points for A&M. The over-under is at 51 and a half. Um, Jacob, how do you see this one going, man? To me, like I said, this seems to be one of the tougher ones that we've got to cover today. Yeah, I was impressed with the uh, offensive line from Miami last week. That kind of surprised me. Um, Tyler Van Dyke's a good quarterback if you can protect him. That's most most guys, but he's played pretty um, average past year. Um, so w- if you protect him and give him time, he, he obviously can light you up. Um, A&M's just been one of those weird teams, man. They, they've they been floating around this 23-15 range for a while now. Jimbo's team just – he's got the talent, like I said in the preview. I think they have like 40 of their top 100-some recruits of all time on the team right now. Um, so realistically, by saying that, they should – be a lot better than what they are right now but i mean freaking right. like we talked about in the clemson game we had 50 some blue blue chip four and five stars and duke had two so that's why we play the games but um being at miami this makes it a little bit tougher um i i just don't know if this is the year this is more of a head coach matchup mario cristobal versus jim jimbo fisher this is a real hard one to pick if i'm being honest four and a half points Damn, I may even have to have him come back to me, but I'll I'll come back and I'll I'll say that A and M will cover that. What do you think, Clint? <clears throat> I'm actually a little bit uh, different as far as the train of thought that I am from Jacob. To me, this is uh, I've got Texas A and M all day. Lay the four and a half. You can lay seven, probably lay ten. Honestly, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> um, I think this Texas A and M is is remedying the issue they had with offense and play calling. We all know about it. We talked about it for years now. Um, and Jacob mentioned that talent. We talked about this in SEC previews. Uh, they still have a they have a loaded team. They have a ton of talent. So this isn't, this isn't like this is some scrounging team that's just like scraping by winning games. No, this is a very loaded team. Uh, they now seem to have something on offense going with Petrino and whatnot. <laughs> Look for this game to get a little bit scrappy. One, because it's Miami at Miami. Uh, and it, typically, that's how that goes. Um, 
But A&M, especially now that they've seen LSU maybe not be as good as everybody thought, uh, A&M's probably getting a little more hungry now too. Like, okay, like maybe it's just Alabama we have to worry about this year. So uh, give me Texas A&M. They're at least a touchdown better. Yeah, I think I think uh, Jimbo hears the noise and he'll never admit it. I don't think this is a game that A&M needs to win by a lot. I just think they need to handle business. I think they don't need to put it in jeopardy. They don't need to play around with Miami. And, and Miami is a, a, a decent team. Uh, given that, it, again, a four half point spread, it could go either way. I just think Texas A&M goes in there, plays their game. They have the better roster. We, we've spoken about that in the past. So just go in there, win by a touchdown, get out of there, don't do anything crazy. Hey, get them back on the right track. Let let some pressure off Jimbo. So I, th- I think they're going to handle business four and a half. Yeah, I think they win by a touchdown. So let's uh, move on to, this is actually going to be the last uh, ranked matchup we have. Um, well, one team is ranked. Number 25, Clemson Tigers are going to be taking on Charleston Southern. Not too far from where to say. we're at. Um, yeah, man, look, there's no line and for, and for good reason. It's kind of, you kind of put it at that. Yeah. It, hearing number 25, Clemson Hurt, we hadn't heard that in a long time, so I'm trying to deal with it. But, uh, oh, boo. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh. man. You know, you Sorry, gotta flex go on some South Carolina guys. But, yeah. Uh, but no, I, obviously Clemson's winning this, but I really want to see, I really want to see that tight end, Jake Brennan. So I, I really had high expectations for him. I really want to see him catch two touchdowns, like seven or eight catches for 115 yards. Kind of deal. I really want to see, I don't want to see them take it easy on Charleston Southern. Sorry, CSU. I, I want to see a score 50, 60 points and really turn the nation's perspective on what happened at Duke. And turn it the other way around and say, hey, that was just Duke's a good team. It was a fluky game, weird kind of thing. So this is one of the things. Not even just to get to the playoffs, because like Dabo said, we're here to just, we need to win the next game. We're just needing to prove to ourselves, our fans, that hey, we're still a really damn good team. So I want to put up 50 on them and call it a night. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but you guys can put 100 on Charleston Southern, and it still ain't a race in last week. I'm just it's not going to, to do, no, no, no. You're going to have to do more right. than that. You know what I'm no, saying? I agree. It's the way we put up those points is what right. I want to see. Right. Actually, what I want from you guys is don't turn the ball over. Don't fumble it. Yeah. And the starters from the starting group, starting group, don't kicker. fumble it. Don't uh, throw any interceptions. Club Nick, the backup's going to play a lot. Kicker, kick a damn field goal. All right. Yeah. Robert Gunn, the second, I think. And, is and, like, look, and to be honest, the first one definitely got blocked. Really kicked it low or not. The second one, I still don't know what happened, but. Some's on yeah. him, some's on the O-line. But. I need to see him make like 10, 12. It's like a free throw. I need to see him make a bunch of extra points. Well, they went from, hey, we might, we might kick it from the 50 because this guy makes it from 70 to like, we can't even make a 25-yarder. So Yeah. Like, yeah. What, I remember texting you about on? that. Were we about to make a, try to attempt a 68-yard field goal? Like, what, what's happening? Right. Dude, I was hoping. I was like, dude, let me see that. I don't what what's I don't know what the collegiate record is, but uh <clears throat> y'all mentioned the hey, offense. 68. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fact. Right. You mentioned the offense, you're missing kicking field goals and stuff like that too. I'd like to see the defense get going, especially that defensive line. Let's get a couple sacks on our belt. Um, get that figured out. It, it, that way you're not relying on just the offense, you know, moving forward. You can get that defense back to where we expect them to be. So <laughs> let's be something to watch out for. Can I make that bet? Clemson will have a sack against Charleston Southern. I mean, I agree, I, so I guess we can't bet. <laughs> so let's do a parlay. Ready? Yeah. Colorado wins by 14. 
Clemson gets a sack. Nebraska Colorado doesn't go to overtime. <laughs> Oklahoma covers. There will be a fight in the Miami A&M game. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Oh man. All right, well that wraps up the top 25 matchups that's going to actually count against uh, our picks for the week. There's just Jake, I'm not going to go through all the games that there's some of those extra I just want to I want to hit on two real quick. Yep. Um Iowa Iowa State, a pretty big rivalry at least in the the Midwest and cornfields whatever other fields they got out there. <laughs> Um, I don't know what else they do um, besides bet against their own teams. Anyway, so we got a rivalry game. The 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 running thing around here has been Iowa scoring 25 points. Can they do that? They're averaging 24 points a game right now. So currently, as it stands, their offensive coordinator will not be hired again at the end of the season. The spread is four for Iowa. The under the over under is at 36 and a half. Clint, is Iowa scoring 25 points on Saturday? Let me know that, and then we'll go spread. Even though this is again not for our picks. Bro, I think Iowa State is just worried about fielding a full team with all the uh, <laughs> the betting <laughs> right, issues. Right, 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 right. Uh, I, I do think Iowa. Points. Yeah, yeah. I do think Iowa's gonna be able be able to score more than twenty five points this game. I don't know why I think that. I just do. Uh, again, I watched the the beginning of last week's game, and <laughs> Iowa came out hot. Like they they scored. Like I said, I think fourteen points in the first quarter for Iowa. That's amazing. So I look for right. them to. Take some notes, continue that trend. Uh, give me Iowa, lay the points. Yeah, I I got to stick on Iowa, too. Uh, y'all really like that little uh, point I made about the, this coach. Oh, 100%. Because it's hilarious. It is. A, it's hilarious. I mean, the overrunner, I don't know if you said it was 36 and a half. So uh, they don't really have a whole lot of hope in it, I guess, <laughs> at least over in Vegas. But um. Yeah, I mean, Iowa's home. I guess they're getting all these Iowa games out the way early because Iowa State played Northern Iowa last week, 39. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm going to take Iowa to cover the four at least. I don't know if they'll score 25 or not, but I'll cover the four. I, a part of me wants to think that this is going to be a 24-24 game. Iowa's going to kick a game with a field goal, 27-24. It's going to put our average right over 25. But I'm with Clint, dude. <laughs> Right now, the over/under in Iowa State players dressed is probably at sixty. <laughs> um, so that just doesn't give me any confidence. So I think Iowa covers the four, but doesn't score twenty-five. So I think it's like a twenty-four twenty game. Offensive coordinator still in limbo, and this is just one of the many storylines that we got to keep up with this season, dude. If that's a score, that's gonna be a gross game to watch. Just yep. disgusting. That honestly, what time is that game at? Three thirty on five, guys. You know what? That might be the one I tune into out of all now because I didn't get to watch any last week. It might be one I because I think you might have texted us, Clint, and maybe you didn't. Or we just talked about it after, like they came out hot. I'm like, all right, good man. They're, they're gonna put up over 25, and then yeah, obviously slam on the brakes. I know. Like, nope. Screw this OCU, dude. That see, that's the players though, because the players that are getting harassed by them that are mm. also betting the under are now winning twofold. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm getting money. My coach is gone. Like it's it's a win win for both. All right, last game we'll touch on. Furman's playing South Carolina. Um, it's a seven thirty kickoff at Williams Bryce. Uh, a game we we do need. I mean, look, I was half joking, um, but not really. Like Furman is an actual like contender in the FCS playoffs. They've won eight of the last nine games going back to last year. Um, I think they won a couple playoffs games. They're ranked six in the country in the FCS. Again. Being like from here and knowing a lot about Furman, historically not a great program, but 
when I hear ranked FCS teams, it worries me because I think of North Dakota State, I think of Sam Houston State, I think of Appalachian State and all the damage they've done. Um, we still should win the game, don't get me wrong. I just think early on that if we kind of start out a little slow, hey, don't worry, we're fine. They, they do have a good football team. Beamer said it on his press conference yesterday, like it's not coach speak, like if you know anything about football, this is a solid team we're playing. Again, we're still an SEC football team, so no excuse why we don't win this game by 15, 20 points. Um, but I think sometimes the average fan, if we don't win by 40, they're going to be like, what's going on? Hon- honestly, I don't care how much we win by. I mean, I do. Like, We should win by more than a field goal. I want to see the offensive line step up, protect Spencer Rattler, because he still played his butt off last week, even though he got sacked nine times. So let's just, kind of like the Clemson, let's just have a clean game. Let's keep the quarterback clean, and let's, let's win the game. Let's move on, because we got Georgia um, we we're going to Georgia the following week, so we just we don't need any storylines, we don't need any injuries. So let's just get a win and, and move on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, pretty much hundred uh, percent. I don't want to win by three points. Uh, so yeah, I'll be a little facetious. Fan, I, but yeah, yeah, well said. I'll be I'll be I'll be very I'll be stressed I'll stress out during the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like like you said, Furman, you know, with all things considered, it's not a terrible team. So. Uh, Please God, let's get this O line figured out. Even if we got to just run two tight end packages and they're just blocking all game, I don't care. Uh, Spencer showed he's he's a good quarterback. He he's seems like he's got it figured out. He's he's comfortable in the system, at least as comfortable as you can be when you're getting sacked nine times. Uh, right. Let's get that figured out. And uh, by God, let's let's get through this game without any more injuries than we've already suffered through week one. So um, yeah, man. Uh, again, I'm I'm. Back to optimism, and I'm I'm hoping I don't get hurt at least for a little while. So I'm with you, man. All right, Clint or Jacob, um, why are you picking Furman to win this game? I'm not. Are you talking about Furman is like Duke? They're as good as Duke because you're talking like they're ranked. No, 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 no. Look, no, they're not as good as Duke, and it's not that. I just think yeah, if they're ranked in the FCS, like top ten, you probably get a decent. You know, it's it's not like a whatever. It's 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 not just like a game you're going to win fifty nothing. You know it. Like it's not right, some random right, like yeah. Charleston Southern. Like we know we're gonna win our game by a right. decent amount. Like it might be like thirty five to ten or something like that. I don't I don't know. Like Right. So um don't know the first thing about Furman, but I know if you're talking about their ranked team, they're probably pretty good. But I, I from again wanting to see y'all good, I really wanna see I don't even care if Spencer throws fifty yards. Like I, I don't want to see. I know what Spencer can do if he's playing like a man possessed, like he was in camp, and he did in the first week, getting sacked nine times. Let him throw fifty yards, maybe attempt maybe five six passes. But I want to see. This is a, a game to get repetition on that offensive line. Start to try to run the ball because th- look at this game as like how are you going to attack Georgia? I think y'all should attack him by trying to run the ball, keep that Georgia offense off the field, keep it a low scoring game keep it kind of a muddy you know aggressive game and you should practice this against Furman get that offensive line get all of them in there get the backups in there get let them run the ball y'all should rush for 300 350 yards kind of deal um and just keep Furman off the field and just worry about time of possession I think that's what y'all should do uh like I said keep the injuries low you know and, and just try to play bully ball against Furman and because that's what you're going to have to try to do against Georgia you're going to have to mess that game up and just try to keep that offense off the field so I would use this as a practice kind of and, and go about it that way we are definitely yeah I, I, yeah I, I agree I think this would be one where like hey offensive line let's go downhill and 
yep. put some put a hat on a hat and let's go run the ball. That that would be nice and maybe get DK going, give him some confidence, give Juju some confidence. Uh, maybe get some of those young guys in there. Let's see some young receivers that are going to need to cycle in and out. Let's get some young uh, running backs that haven't played, Mario Anderson and some other guys that are going because we already know we're going to have young guys on defense playing with some of the injuries that, that took place in week one. Um, especially with, with Mo Kaba being out. Pup Howard's going to get some time, true freshman. So I'm excited about them getting some real playing time because, look, we're, we're going into – we're playing Georgia and we're getting into our schedule. And so th- we're going to get banged up every week. That's, that's football. That's how it is. So I would rather let these guys have some confidence and some ex- a little bit of experience going into to conference play. So, yeah, I'm with you, Jacob. I, I think I like the bully ball aspect and let's impose our will. We're an SEC team. So regardless of all that FCS talk that I gave, we should still win and we should win handily. Um, so I don't think that the expectations should differ from, from any way like that. Yeah. And this is the game too, figuring out because <clears throat> look at the schedule. After Furman, it, you know, the next five, six, seven weeks is game time. You got Georgia, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Florida, Missouri, Texas A&M. So, is it? If you <laughs> right. figure out now, it's, it's, it's going to be ugly for the rest of the year. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah, I mean, look, we got no excuses, man. We're getting into it. So, I'm yep. excited, dude. I'm, I'm excited that football's back and that, to me, man, week one proved to be way more exciting, way more storylines than I expected because, to me, I was like, well, there's two games or three games coming in. You know, it's Carolina, North Carolina, and Clemson, Duke, and LSU, Florida State, and that's kind of it. We'll move on. Everything else is a terrible team, but Dion gave us some storylines, and, and some other games did. So I'm excited for week two, man, and we'll, uh, we'll keep this thing rolling. Let's go. That sounds Let's good. It. Well, good luck, boys. Um, you know, I'm just trying to get above 500. Um, but at the same time, we're all trying to catch Gavin. So <laughs> let's uh, yeah, let's watch out, dude. Do. He might pull away. He might be. Uh... <laughs> He might just be a bullet flying away from us. We will catch that episode. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Well, uh, hey, another exciting weekend in college football. So um, can't wait to watch. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. We'll be recapping this weekend's games. Yes, sir. Cox by field goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's more accurate. <laughs> All right. See you, boys. See you later. later.